Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. I'm so excited to start this sermon series. I'm like, I'm ecstatic. I can't wait because what I believe is, is, is that this sermon series is really going to set the tone for how we are supposed to have perspective in this new year. Um, and I just want to give you kind of like a layout of what this series is. Um, how's my living? Kind of inspired by, if you've ever been driving, you've seen kind of the back of a car, how's driving? And, and that idea really came perspective. It's important that we go into the new year understanding who we are. And I want you to hear this, and I hope this doesn't rub you the wrong way, but the, the, the biggest thing that could be in the way of what God wants to do in your life is you. And I'm going to say that to me. The, the biggest thing that could be in the way of what God wants to do this year is myself. I could be the biggest thing, the biggest barrier. I could be the, the biggest stronghold in the way of God working in my life this new year. So we wanted to start this year as a church for three weeks. We're focusing on like a reality check, reevaluating our heart, our mind, and our soul. How is my living? How's my living? Uh, today we're going to kind of talk about dying to live. It's an oxymoron, dying to live. But, but what we believe is, as, as believers in Jesus, is that we died to ourselves when we said yes to God. We died to what we want, and we say yes to what he wants for us. And in the middle of us dying to our flesh, what we believe is that we come alive in who he is and what he wants to do. That's going to be today's talk. Uh, uh, next week, uh, the, the title is Living Above the Flatline. Uh, if, if you've ever seen in movies, you know, the flatline, and that's when someone really stops living. Uh, that every beep, every movement above the flat line means that God can still do something in your life. Listen, if you are alive and there's breath in your mouth and there's breath in your lungs and you're breathing and your heart is beating, come on, there is purpose attached to you. There is grace attached to you. There's a hope and a future attached to everyone living above the flat line. That's next week. And we're going to end the series off three weeks. The third Sunday, we're going to be focusing on it's worth it. It's worth it. Everything we do, the sacrifice that we do to, to, to be here, to, to, to be a believer. Come on. All the things that God's requir- requiring us f- from us, it's, we believe that it's worth it. But today, we're going to talk about dying to live. I want you to just look at your neighbor and just say, it, it sounds weird, but t- tell them, dying to live. I'm dying to live. I'm dying to live. What I want to do first is I, I want to focus on Acts chapter 9. Uh, you can find this, uh, the, the kind of... The title of this this moment and this happening is called Saul's conversion. Um, and and Saul, if you've ever if you've ever read the Bible and know about Saul, you, you kind of know about Paul. That's his new name that God has for him, right? But before Paul uh, literally wrote most of the New Testament, before he was Paul, he was Saul. I kind of wanted to start today's talk, kind of focusing on Saul's conversion, Book of Acts, chapter nine. And, and I want to start off just by saying that, that Saul, before he became Paul, Saul was a person who was persecuting the church of Jesus. I mean, I talk to people all the time. They're like, man, I don't know if I could be really in this Christian thing. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I am. And I'm like, well, let me tell you about the dude named Saul who used, literally used to kill church people. Like, it doesn't get worse than that. And, 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 and what's crazy is that he has such a big impact in our Bible and what we believe in the theology that we carry to today. Paul has such a huge impact on that regardless of his past, regardless of what he's done, regardless of the life that he used to live. So what's awesome is that Saul's conversion, it, it starts 
starts off, this is, this is kind of crazy. He, he's, he, he's on his way somewhere. He's traveling to go persecute the church, right? And then God steps in and, and God speaks to him and a light from heaven shines down and it literally blinds Saul. I mean, he's with some friends and it blinds Saul. He cannot see. And, and when I read this, I, I, I kind of noticed, isn't it easier to follow the voice of God when you can't see anything? Isn't it kind of easier to, to follow the voice of God when you literally don't know where to go? When we started this year, I, I usually take the beginning of the year to kind of plan and look forward and look ahead. Uh, just look at doing youth and young adults of this new year. And um, I, I really found out, I really felt like my creativity cup was empty. I really felt like that. Like I was like, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to, what do you want to say? What's a word? You know, we're running all Esperanza, but how can I break that down and, and, and make it applicable for the youth and young adults? Like, what are we going to? Like, what's the vision? And I really felt like I had nothing in the tank. Like I was trying to pull something out of the bag. I'm like, God, is it you? I went to the movies. I was like, I'm gonna preach on that. No, you're not. You know, I was really trying to pull something out. And what's amazing is that I found nothing. My creativity cup was empty and kind of like saw, I believe God blinded me so that I cannot see anything, so that I cannot be creative, which allowed me to be more reliant on his word. You see, it's funny, sometimes God blinds us to things that we used to see we can't see no more, to things that we used to feel we can't feel no more. And God will blind us sometimes just so we could be sensitive to his voice again. And what I believe is, is that we're going into the best year ever as a church. We're not running off the vision of me. We're not running off the vision of pastor. We're running off the vision of God. And he's going to do something in this church. I read that. I'm like, isn't that funny that, that that's the Saul's first encounter with God was God removing his vision. And literally saying, this is going to be the pattern of your relationship with me. I'm going to allow you to go through things. But I want you to show the church of today and tomorrow that no matter what is thrown against you, no matter what trials come against you, you can still live a fruitful and whole life if you believe and trust in me. So what's amazing, he's blind. This is awesome. Him and his friends, they lead him to Damascus. And God commanded him. He kind of said it all into fruition and what's awesome is that there's this dude named Ananias. Ananias, God calls Ananias and, and what's funny is when you read it, it doesn't say Ananias the pastor. The Bible doesn't label him Ananias the, the deacon, Ananias the, 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 the usher, uh, Ananias the prophet. You know the Bible calls Ananias and God led Saul to Damascus to meet Ananias the believer. See, there's this misconception nowadays that to be really huge in God, you got to be notified in the world. You guys here today? It, it, there's a misconception that for me to step up in God, I need to step up in the, in, in, the, in the eyes of man. But that is not true. Listen, you may, you may go 20 years without making an Instagram post. You may go 20 years without making social media and, and thousands of followers. Listen, God is, I'd rather have heavenly affirmation than public recognition. I'd rather have a relationship with God than to have public recognition with man. The Bible calls Ananias, the believer, to set into motion the man who's going to change the New Testament. Ananias, the believer. Come on, I, I hope we, we take that title today. I, I'm John, the believer. Come on, I believe in Jesus everywhere I go. I'm going to be used by God. Lord, where do you want me this year? Put me in the right place so that I could just be available to speak. So Ananias speaks to Paul. I love this. He reaches over, heals him. The Bible says what seems like scales falls off his face. He can see. And, and, and God does change his name to Paul. And, and Paul, he's running and he's, 
he ends up in prison. He has this young cat under him named Timothy, little Timmy. Timmy, he, he, he's pouring into Timothy. He's, he's, he's literally, theologians believe he took like the father role of Timothy. He became his spiritual father. He would pour into Timothy. He, he would elevate Timothy. He would encourage Timothy. He would write letters to Timothy. And, and, and I want to read today from 2 Timothy. Um, and, and this is just a newsflash. If you're a leader in the house, listen, God wants to do something through you and affect the people around you. Sometimes we think that my ministry ends with me. No, no, no. 2018, I'm not having people behind me. I'm not even going to have people next to me. I'm going to put people in front of me. Because if God's calling me, then something's supposed to flow through me. Leaders are supposed to flow through me. And what's awesome is in Tem- 2 Timothy, let's read this together. This is it's an amazing happening. Uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 10. It says, Timothy, so this is Paul, he's writing. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, continue strong in you. Verse 6, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift, we're going to talk about later, the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Verse 7, this is important. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. Verse 8, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer. Suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Verse 9, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from beginning of time to show us the grace through Jesus Christ. And now he has made all this plan to us by appearing of Jesus, of Christ Jesus, our Savior. The title of today's talk is Dying to Live. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write it down. Dying to Live. I want to pitch you this idea. We are called new birth. If you're here today, you're called to live a life of submission. We're called to to bow our knee. If you've ever, at the end of a service, we're going to do it today, usually we give opportunities for people to say yes to Jesus. If you've ever said yes to Jesus, what you did, literally, you died to yourself and you are awoken into a new man, into a new woman, and you begin to walk. And what I really believe is that God wants us to live a life submitted to who he is. Anybody else believe that today? Come on, God is calling us to be submitted. And I want to just present to you an observation. You know, usually in the New Year's, goals and, and, and resolutions are kind of wrapped around us. You notice that. I'm, I'm going to do this this year. And I'm going to lose the weight. And I'm going to get this. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be organized. And I'm going to do this by this year. And by fall, you're not ready for me. And, and usually resolutions are wrapped around ourselves. I want to present to you an observation that living for God has everything to do with God and nothing to do with me. Living for God, living a life submitted to what he wants. And this is kind of drastic, but we're going to break it down. Living a life for God has nothing to do with me and everything to do with God. That's just the truth. And like I said earlier, sometimes we can be the very thing that's in the way of God taking us to a new level. Sometimes what we are and what we have and sometimes things that we haven't dealt with can literally be stopping the growth that God wants to come into existence. Just a quick little news flash. What's always going to push you to submission is knowing what God has already done. There was a song when I was growing up. We sang it in church all the time. Look what the Lord has done. How many of you guys remember that song? Five of you. Awesome. We used to sing that thing. 
over and over and over and over, and I'm glad we're not singing it anymore. Sing to Lord a new song, you know. <laughs> Sorry, we'll sing it again. It's a great song. I love it. I love this song. What's what's awesome is this this song is, is setting is setting into our souls. You see, you see the, the job you have. You didn't you didn't get your job. God gave you that job. You see, the family that you've built, you didn't build that. God gave you the grace to build the family. He formed your children in your room. You had no part in that. Uh, the, 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 come on, the things you have, your car, come on, the, the goals you have, come on, the family you've built, the organization you've built, the relationships you've built, the things that you have done. Listen, you have not done none of it. That is only by the grace of God. And when we take time to realize, come on, the very paycheck that I'm withholding from God is the very thing that he's blessed me with. We have to wake up with the realization that everything I have is from God. I cannot save myself. God saved me. Thank God he saved me. Come on. I was on the way to hell. I was on the way to the wrong places. I would have been addicted to that if God didn't pull me out. I would have been addicted to this if God didn't pull me out. I would have been struggling with this my whole life if God didn't save me. Come on. I can't heal myself. God heals me. Come on. When I got sick that one time and I thought it was the end of the road, God pulled me out. It wasn't my immune system. That was the very grace and blessing of God in my life. Think about what you have. Think about what you celebrate. Think about what you're proud about that you brought into this world. May I submit to you the idea that all of that was only by the grace. When you realize that, your mindset has to change when it comes to living. Because if all good things comes from God, that means he wants to keep doing good things, meaning I need to be in tune with what he's saying and where he's leading me. The truth is, it's easy to submit to God when you know what he can do. It's easy to submit to God when you know what he can do and how much power he really has and how he's working all things. That song is just like the song of my year already. It's easy to submit to God when you know what he can do. I was talking to a friend recently. He went skydiving. And that is, I, I kind of want to do it, but I kind of don't want to do it. I'm like in between. Skydiving. My goodness. Anybody have like courage to go skydiving? Anybody in here? Awesome. Who, hands up. Who's ever went skydiving? Love you. Love you. Awesome. Two people with you. I talking to my friend recently. I was like, dude, you went skydiving? How was it? He's like, dude, it's so simple. Take a class, put you on a plane, you put on a jacket, you jump, you glide, you land. That's it. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're making this sound so easy. I'm pretty sure. He's like, oh, yeah, one thing. There's a dude behind you doing the whole thing. <laughs> This is a guy behind you. He literally pushed me off the plane. I wasn't going to jump. He's like, one, two, we're going. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know. I'll pull the parachute. He's like, I got you, bro. I'll pull the parachute. Man, I feel like a, a, a life in God is similar to the guy behind you while you're skydiving. You see, most of us, we don't God, but when you understand what he can do, when you understand that life's going to lead you to a cliff, and unless he's also calling you to obey him and he will catch you and he will provide a parachute and he'll give you the ride of your life. Sometimes we don't go into the plane of our purpose because we're scared that we can't do it. Sometimes we don't walk into moments believing that God is for us because we think about all that what we can do. No, I can't go into that. I'm not adequate in that. I'm inadequate in that area. No, I can't, I can't pray that prayer because if it comes to pass, I'm not the person ready to step into leadership. I can't do this. I can't do that. Listen, you live a closed out life when you realize what you can do, but you live an amazing, fruitful, powerful, unimaginable life when you understand what God can do. 
You understand? Listen, I'm leading myself into following Jesus. Nothing is impossible. And with God, let's flip that. Nothing's impossible for you. Nothing's impossible for God. And with God, nothing is impossible for you. I told my friend after, I was like, dude, you're crazy. You just jumped off a plane. I know you did none of it, but you did it. He told me, listen, I couldn't, I couldn't fly by myself, so I told the guy behind me, just lead me, and I'll go with what you want to go. That's the life of Christianity. It's not pioneering your own way. It's walking the steps that Jesus already has mapped out for you. That's the life of a believer, not changing your family. That's being obedient to what God wants to do. That will change your family. It's not breaking sin. You can't break sin. Jesus defeated sin. It's not breaking your addiction. My goal is to not be addicted to that no more. Listen, if you can help yourself, why would you need Jesus? You can't fight that stuff. You need to fight with Jesus. You need to fight with his word. And he will lead you to great things. Here's what I believe. I believe gratefulness leads to submission. And don't mix up the order. Gratefulness leads to submission. We had prayer night this last Monday. Who was at prayer night on Monday night? Anybody? Come on. The loudest people worshiping tonight was at prayer night. Hold up. It was awesome. Monday night, we were praying again this Monday at 730. Something that kept coming up in prayer was being grateful. And I think it paved the way for today. When you are grateful, that will lead to submission. You don't submit to God to then be grateful after. You, you have to have the spirit of gratefulness, and that will lead you to submission. Don't, don't let me accept the order. What does that mean? I'm not going to give everything to God to then say, wow, look at what he's done. I'm going to look at what he's done, which will lead me to submitting myself to God. I'm going to look at what he's already given me, what he's already pulled me out of. And if you're here today and you're like, Pastor Church, I've never been through nothing. <laughs> been through something. I never been, I've been living a good life. Listen, we all have issues, but the biggest issue with us all is a sin problem that Jesus took and he defeated and he canceled out. You're forgiven yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You have a reason to submit yourself to God. You have a reason to submit yourself to God. Gratefulness leads to submission. And when you die to yourself, you actually find life. That's my next point. When you die to yourself, you actually find life. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, even though I'm in prison for him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. And, and you're looking at it, oh, are we going to die? No, you're not going to die physically. You're gonna, you have to die to yourself spiritually. You have to die. You have to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I am not living with my will. I'm living for your will. You have to wait. I was talking with one of my, my dad's friends. Uh, met up with him. He's so awesome. He's like, listen, I have a huge church. It's not my church. It's God's church. So many small groups and ministries. He's like, let me let you on a little secret, young one. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was like, great. <laughs> Same boat. <laughs> but he said, you know how I wake my hands up like I already won. I wake up in the morning. Every morning I say, God, you are in charge. I was in the driver's seat, now I'm in the passenger seat. Like I'm going places I never thought I could because I died to myself. I love the, one of my favorite songs, So Will I. And my favorite lyric in that song is, if the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. I can't tell you how many people I've seen come to the altar, die to themselves, and revive to themselves on their way home. 
can't tell you how many young people I've seen coming to church and, and, and we're really trying to keep it in, close the back door, but sometimes people die to themselves at the altar and revive themselves in their, in their comfortable environments. Almost like a spiritual thriller. Come on, people are coming out of the coffins when they leave church and people are coming out of the coffins and going back to their life after they've already died to Jesus and died to themselves. So, so I want to give you kind of, kind of a couple things. How, how do I live dead? How do I submit myself? How do I, well, give me some application. Come on, this is for Monday. Here's a question. Could we throw it up? How do I live dead? How do I do it? What do I need to do? This is great teaching. Submit yourself. What now? Number one, just how I die, how, how I live dead, how I die to myself and live in Christ. Number one, make the salvation prayer. That's when, you, that's, that's the funeral to your old self. Bible says that every time someone says yes to Jesus, heaven is celebrated. That's why we celebrate salvations. Last year, 500 church. This past Friday, by the way, we talked about standing firm in God. And at the end, we said, listen, if you want Jesus, stand up. 17 people stood up in our young adult service, accepting Jesus. And three in our youth service. So first step is, is making that salvation prayer. If that's not you today, we're going to solve that in around like five minutes. Make the salvation prayer. God, I died to myself. I can't do it. I'm inadequate. I need to live for you. I need to be submitted to you. And many of us have done that. It says in 2 Corinthians, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. The old is gone and the new has become. Come on, die to yourself. i got to make that decision and say yes to Jesus. Number two, how do I live dead? Take a step into your purpose. That's the cue. Number two, take a step into your purpose. Take a step into your purpose. We're starting in February. Pastor Ariel mentioned it. We're starting in February. Next steps. And what next steps is, is, is it's our four-step process of, 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 of believers walking in their fullest potential and purpose. Here's what we believe. We believe each and every one of you have a grace gift. God placed inside you when he made you. There's a gift by your design that... And I really believe this. I've been speaking a lot of young adults. This year is a year of activation of spiritual gifts that are already inside of you. You think you're really called to fill a seat every week? You think you were really called to just sit? Come on, God is calling you for a purpose. I can't be so, I can't be more emphatic than that God wants to do something amazing with your life. If you've been living and you kind of felt like God has something, he has something. And this is the year of taking a step into your purpose. So we're starting something called Next Steps, a four-step process, discovering your purpose. We're going to look at our design. We're going to take a personality test and a spiritual gifts assessment. What, is, what has God put already inside of me? We believe each and every one of us have a grace gift. What's grace? Grace is something given to you you didn't deserve it, and a gift is something that's just given to you that you can use. God has given each and every one of us a grace gift, and we're going to discover it, and we're going to walk in that thing this year. Take a step into your purpose. For young adults, we have something this summer called New Birth Internship. And we're opening up our doors, Parnell. We're opening it up June and July for any young adult that wants to come in and say, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm open. It's in 1 Peter. Read this together. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. How do I live dead? Number one, make that prayer. Number two, take a step into your purpose. And number three, deny yourself and pick up your cross. Deny yourself. Again, it's that daily waking up and denying yourself and picking up 
your cross. In Matthew 16, Jesus says, literally, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own, take up your cross and follow me. I love how he says, you must give up your own way. So many times in life we're faced with decisions that we go our own way, believing God's just going to anoint it. And he's so good. He's going to do that because he loves you. But if you want to walk in the wholeness and the fullness of what God has for you, every single way you move needs to be God's way. Every single moment that you have are faced with a decision, walk into your decision-making process prayer. Walk into your decision-making process with Jesus in the middle. And I promise you, he will make it go further than you ever thought. It could. In order to live dead, you must give up your own way. In order to live dead, you must give it up. And what's, what's, what's crazy is that usually if things don't go our way, if you're a super control freak like me, sometimes if things don't go your way, it kind of takes you off. Hey, son, I want you to take the broom. I want you to just put it in the corner of the house, all right? He puts it, puts it, falls down. He leaves it, runs away. Oh, gosh. It didn't go my way. Hey, hey, sis, uh, I want you to grab chicken on your way home. It doesn't happen. Oh, gosh. Didn't go my way. Usually we get upset when things don't go our way. Listen, 2018, your flesh will battle against the things of the Lord. And, and this year, come on, this season, God's going to call you to do stuff your flesh is going to fight you with. God's going to begin to wake some of you guys up in the middle of the, in the, middle of the night and say, pray. Come on, let's do it. It's going to battle. But, man, if we said yes to Jesus and we're taking steps in our purpose, we need to die to ourselves daily, pick up our cross and say, I'm not living for myself. I'm living for Christ. Amen. So when I'm just asked the worship to come up, I, I heard a story once and this really changed my life. Um, it's a real life story. It's a missionary. If you don't know what a missionary is, uh, a missionary is someone who goes to a foreign land, a foreign country where, where Jesus isn't really famous, sometimes illegal, and they present the gospel in a new and fresh way for people who never would be accessible to Jesus. They get accessible to him. I remember I heard a story once, a, a communicator was speaking. He said he, there was a missionary that he left everything in the United States. I mean, he lived, he was comfortable, come on, comfortable salary. He left to a land where worshiping God was illegal. You couldn't do it. If they found you, you could potentially die. And he is literally smuggling Bibles into this country. He's literally meeting underground with small groups on a weekly basis with a translator speaking life and souls are getting saved every week. I mean, this dude is living on the edge. He's living literally every week could literally be the last week of his ministry. And what's awesome is that he came back to the States and someone told him, listen, what are you doing? This is, you've submitted yourself and even for the sake of your own life. What, what's happening? And what if they kill you and that's when the missionary turned to him and he got a little excited he said wait what would you say he said what if they kill you he said hold oh, my friend listen 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 I died a long time ago I was at a youth conference in 19 something and, and the preacher said anybody want to make a decision to follow Jesus and I went up seven year old boy I raised my hand I said I want Jesus he said, I died to myself that day. From, now, from, the, from then to now, I've been living for Jesus. And he looked at him and said, listen, you can't kill a dead man. You can't kill a dead man. Can that be our spirit in 2018? Enemy, what are you bringing up against me? Because I'm already dead. I'm already living for Jesus. I'm already walking in his purpose. What are you going to throw at me? Come on, it's, you're done. If you kill me, I meet Jesus. Come on, if you don't kill me, more people are getting saved. What are you? It's a win-win. I'm going to live dead cannot kill a dead man amazing 
one more story. I said, worship team to come up and let's really get rowdy this morning, full of faith. Awesome. Love our worship team. This is actually a, a, a story. And this is kind of a representation of what God wants us to do this year. So there was, there was a family. They had one son, right? Mom and dad, they had one son. Get their son their first car. So the son's just having so much fun. He's driving his car. Come on, school and work and driving and driving, right? And, and so one day, one day, the son gets into a fatal accident, right? So the parents, they get the phone call from the hospital. And they're like, oh my goodness, they rush to the hospital. Their son laying there. I mean, they have tubes in him, machines in him. He's on life support. He's literally alive through a machine. Man, the, the, the parents are, are weeping. They're crying. The doctor walks up to them and says, listen, your son has a 7% chance of making it out. Not 10, not 50, not 80. Your son has a 7%. I mean, they're weeping. They're crying. And out of nowhere, doctors come rushing in from out of nowhere. They're rushing in the room. They said, ma'am, I, I, we need to talk to you. We, we need to present to you something because I really believe you can save somebody's life. And they're like, what, what? Come on, I'm just trying to mourn. 7% chance. What, what are you saying? What, what, what? Listen, there's, there's somebody in the other room that they're about to die and, and they have that, that's, that person, it's another young boy, he, he has the same blood type as your son. He needs a heart. Your son's heart could save somebody's life. He has an 80% chance of living. And your son has a 7% chance of living. If you consider it, please make a decision fast. We're, we're, we want to do a heart transplant. We want to take your son's heart and put it into a stranger. Immediately, the parents are confused. They're, 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 they're broken. They're broken. And out of a whim, this 7, 80, there's another family out there dealing with exactly what we're dealing with. We're not going to take two losses today. We, we approve it. You can take the heart of my son, the 7%. You can take it. They take the heart. Successful surgery. The son passes. Parents, they go on to live month after month. I mean, that 7% is eating at them. 7%. Man, we didn't fight for 7%. Come on, they got all the, all the, all the frames in the house. All the frames turned down to the floor. Come on, this, I don't want to see his face. Every time I go to his room, it's just so sad. You walk into his room. There's a funeral. Months later, I'm, I'm like, like months later, there's a knock on their door. And they open it. There's a young man standing there. He says, hello, what, what do you want? And he's like, hi, my name is, my, my name is Jacob. I'm, I'm the guy your, your son died for. Immediately, the parents are like crying. What are you doing here? Why are you here? We don't want to see you. He said, no, before you shut the door, I want to tell you how I've been living ever since you gave your son for me. I want to tell you how I've been living ever since you gave your son for me. See, there's a moment we're going to go to heaven one day and meet God face to face. The Bible says that God's going to look at us and say, what have you done? I gave you my only son. What did you do with him? And I want to look at the eyes of Isaac God and say, God, I died to myself. 
when I first heard the words and the gospel of Jesus Christ, I died to myself and I took a new purpose. I wanted to work things out my way. I really wanted to. I wanted to do stuff my way. I wanted to live life like everyone else. Come on, just doing what we felt like it. But I made the decision that when I found out that you gave your son for me, when I found out that your son took a payment that I couldn't pay without me even asking for it. Your son died for me. He gave his life for me. Come on. He took the whips for me. He took death. He took a moment that you turned away from him. He took it with me and mine. Come on, with his cross. He walked to Calvary. Come on, every single step. He had me in mind. He had me in mind. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to walk for you. I'm going to live how you want me to live. I'm going to give what you want me to give. I'm going to serve how you want me to serve. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you everything. What are you asking for, God? My money? Take my money. You gave it to me anyways. What are you asking for? My time? Take my time. You gave me all the time of the world. You gave me all the time of the world to get this grace thing right. And I promise today I'm going to live for you. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.